Hey there, and welcome to Leading Change Conversations, the podcast where we tackle real-life challenges with leaders like you to make organizational change a breeze. In this episode, we talk about how to reduce the intimidating factor of advanced technology and how to help people and whole organizations get ready to change their ways of working. So stay tuned with us if you want to learn more about practices, how to turn skepticism or even blunt rejection into trust and buy-in. I'm Ulrike Seminati and I train, coach and inspire leaders and leadership teams to turn into successful change agents, to communicate with impact and to lead with authenticity. And today I have a wonderful guest, Isabel Steinhoff. Isabel is co-founder of Diamond Tears Transformation Experts and Metaverse Advisor, member of multiple boards. She loves working at the intersection of strategy, technology, and people. For over 10 years, Isabel worked in the media industry and management consulting. She previously served as managing partner at a digital transformation network that included more than 20 member companies with over 450 employees. And building on this experience, her path as an external navigator has led her to co-found the Metaverse Advisory Boutique Diamond Tears. Why? Because she strongly believes we are at an inflection point of the way the internet and with it business works. Welcome, Isabel. Hi, Thanks for having me. I really look forward to our conversation today. Yeah, it's great. Me too. Me too. And you have <laughs> a lot about how to introduce change in terms of digital change and in terms of also these these big digital changes where we as a normal human being, at least I am, you know, not, not digitally savvy really, feel like, oh my God, this is really, really overwhelming. So there's this whole discussion, obviously, which we have out there at the moment around artificial intelligence. How will this influence the way how people work? For people, it's like, oh my God, will I lose my job because of that sooner or later? Or what do I have to change? And I know that you are mostly working with Metaverse that is also using, obviously, artificial intelligence. But Metaverse is one of these other things where many people have really no clue what the heck is this? Do we really need that? <laughs> is it just one of these new crazy features that we, we think we need that? And you are actually helping organizations to introduce it. And obviously, that's a really interesting area because it's one of these things where I can imagine that people are pretty scared when they, they hear the first time and they're using, oh God, that is vast. There might be really something huge coming up. And I can also imagine that the reaction that you get, the resistance that you get in the very beginning of such a change project is pretty massive sometimes. How, how is this working? The first reaction that you get among the employees. I think it's even, it starts before that, right? It's even pre-project where we try to start the conversation around the metaverse. Stuff we usually hear is related to either security or privacy, right? Meta being associated name-wise very closely to the metaverse, so formerly Facebook. So people sort of still have this in the back of their minds where it's like, oh, that seems to be a bit shady and it's taking our data. Or, hey, it's just about VR, so I'll be sitting there with this like heavy headset on and then we'll just spend all of our days online and we'll become this dystopian society where we don't talk to each other anymore. Or it's just about gaming and stuff. So while all of that is true and all of that sort of belongs to the topic, that's not really what it is. 
but that's the concerns that people have when we start the conversation around the metaverse, which is fair. We are in a period of constant change, right? This is a perpetual transformation every day. There's something new and now it's this metaverse topic. And I think it's really valid and you have to acknowledge these concerns. You know, you put it very nicely. What's in it for me? Is it going to replace me or is it going to help me? Is it going to give me more time to be more creative or help me do new things I haven't even done before? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's about finding the benefits of it. But even then I can imagine knowing the benefits are outspoken or like listed or communicated verbally that still people think like, no, 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 because deep inside of them, it's like, well, this is too much of the unknown. So, so vast. I don't know what's happening in the background. And I don't understand that. What you said also in the beginning, well, before we started the recording, actually, is that it seems that people are more fearful about digital changes, at least when it goes into this direction, than other changes. I have that feeling too. Now, I don't have any study at hand for that. But I have that feeling too, and I think it's pretty normal as well, because in other changes, people have more feeling that they can fully understand it, at least, or fully grasp it. Whereas this whole digital area, especially against goes to big tools, like everything that is this whole huge world of artificial intelligence or the metaverse, that you have the feeling we will never fully understand it if we were not really into it. And this creates a big insecurity and this feeling of non-control. And, and that is why probably the resistance is relatively high. What do you think about that? I think it's a, that's a great observation. And it's really, I think, first of, the, oh, first of all, it's this understanding part for sure, right? And the theory around it is very complicated usually. So when we talk about it, we break it down into like one slide, sort of, or maybe two. So to really make it easy and then show, hey, you also have an active role in it. Right. We are shaping now let's, when we speak about the metaverse, yeah, we, we have an active role in it as users and as providers like Diamond Tears to really make it into something that's inclusive, sustainable and positive for everybody, also for our planet. Right. But that's still very theoretical here. But then when we want to overcome this resistance and this really, it's rooted in our nature, right? To be resistant because the brain loves being energy efficient, so it loves routines, it loves sort of having stability. And now here we go and we try to disrupt that. And of course, then you're like, oh, I don't want that. But that's, I think, where the growth mindset comes in. That's really, really important is that you, your brain can evolve, it can change, it can learn something new, right? Your plasticity. So we really try to activate that sort of positive spin on it by showing people really what the metaverse is, by having them experience it firsthand before we do 90 minutes of just PowerPoints. I like the idea of only one or two slides. <laughs> <laughs> we try, we try. I mean, you know, we are still consultants, so we love slides, but then we really, really love to give people curated and guided first experiences. It's really often when we come to an organization, it's the first time people put on a set and they are really skeptical. If I can share maybe my own experience when it comes to the metaverse in an in a enterprise context, the people that co-founded the company with me, they actually invited me back then when they had the idea for a day to just sort of destroy the idea of the company. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm happy to do it because, you know, it's just another technology. It's a hype. It's like, I've been through so many cycles of this AI back then, IoT, you name it. 
uh, as a digital transformation consultant, really, I was a bit, you know, tired. And then I said, okay, I will come one day and I will just tell you why it's a horrible idea to found a company consulting around the metaverse. And then they didn't really explain to me a lot what they were trying to do. They just put a headset on my face and we had a VR meeting, so a virtual reality meeting. And I think I've never laughed this much in a meeting. Just the feeling I had being together with the other people, sort of, they were really behaving very naturally, like right now, you know, me gesticulating around. And you could really see people were behaving very naturally. You could look into each other's eyes. And it just felt really like people were really present, people were really focused on the meeting. You could write on a whiteboard, you could write on your desk, you could share your screen. So then for me, that was a little bit of the switch where I started to understand. My brain was like, okay, VR, that's gaming, right? I love VR gaming. I used to do it before, but I didn't see what it could mean for business until I experienced what it was actually like. So I turned from skeptic to advocate and I co-founded it with them. So now here we are. <laughs> and I can imagine that it gave you also the idea how you introduce it afterwards. Most people have tried once a headset on where you go into whatever place in this planet or you swim or fish in the ocean, whatever you can do. You can do many, many things. And it's interesting what you say in the sense that I think the first reaction which you probably get is what you just said before. It's about, oh no, it's even more digital. So we will be even more disconnected on a human level. Whereas what you just explained also is that you experience when you try it out, obviously you can't see that on a PowerPoint, but when you try it out, you experience that you're actually reconnected with the person much, much more than, for example, in one of, in a Zoom or MS Teams call. And um, that you really have this feeling of working together nearly as in a normal physical room. And that obviously is something I think can imagine that people were missing a lot also, or are still missing quite a lot, even if people like to work from home we still miss this contact and we still realize that when we are not in the same room, it's not the same impact, you know, in, in terms of discussion, ideas, creativity, all of that comes with energy together. And that is very interesting. So what, what are you doing then first? It's just, you, you go there and it's about, let's do, first of all, yeah, an experience around that. Do you then always do the real experience in the sense that that's your business situation, this is exactly the situation, how you will use it so that I have that? Or is it more something more conceptual? Oh, that, really, that really depends sort of what type of organization we're at. There is the more tech-heavy kinds, right, that are maybe a software company or that build semiconductors or that are already like industrial manufacturer where they have like a lot of engineers and that's a different company, right? They want to sort of get hands-on and, and really try and do something. And then others maybe want to first be a little bit more safer have an office environment. So when I say guided and curated, that's really our job is really to make sure it's meeting people where they're at. And an office environment is something everybody knows, right? Coming back to the brain, we give you something that you're very familiar with. It's a Zoom or Teams on steroids, right? We've all been in these meetings. We've all seen how that works. And then that's something that's very easy for me to comprehend. And then I can focus sort of on what I'm feeling and I can form an opinion and then come back after that. And the discussion is on a totally different level than if we were to discuss it for 90 minutes. You haven't really experienced it. And, and I give you this theoretical conceptual construct of what the metaverse can do. So it really varies. And I think we've also learned now after 
I think 230 executives we've put the headsets on, if I can just uh, say this informally, is really meeting people where they're at and showing them something they're familiar with. And now we also do that a lot when it comes to learning. So really what's beautiful about VR is the psychological safety you have. It's really a strange concept because you are you, yet you are an avatar. So it gives you this sort of weird combination of being close to each other while still having a safety layer. So we see people that are, let's say, more introverted by nature, blooming, blossoming in VR because they kind of feel like they can be more outspoken. They can be more outgoing. It's really funny. And then we also, for example, put them in a situation where they have to lead a performance review conversation. Right, where they can see, hey, this solves our problem. We're trying to build out our talent pipeline. Or we are post-merger, right? Two companies, cultures coming together. How could that work? How could we teach each other what we are all about, how we work? Or we want to grow up globally, right? So we have to steal our culture uh, remotely and all these things. So it's really, I think, close to where you are. And then depending a little bit on, on your preference, we could also do I don't know, putting two beans together, right? It can be a technical process as well, but with our background, we, we prefer for the sort of the skill side. There were many things in what, what you just said. I think one very important thing for change management in general is that people still feel some safe place where they are. Like you say, you show them something familiar, you show it in the metaverse, but the situation is familiar or something is familiar. Because then people feel like, okay, okay, I know that. <laughs> so I'm a bit in a safe environment somehow. And I think this is for change management very, very, very interesting. If you want to lead people through change, that you give them something where they can kind of hook themselves to. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here I'm safe. So at least there, I have this connection point here. And I like the idea. That's really interesting, but it's logical actually that people behave differently and are maybe even more outgoing, more courageous to speak up. I think that is a very interesting aspect because I know in many organizations, there's exactly this problem. I have this so often leadership training. What can we do so that our team speaks up? Because people have ideas and they don't share it because they, I don't know, they feel like they don't want to expose themselves. They think it might be stupid. They feel judgment from others and so on. Because when you, when you're physically in front of people, you're permanently aware that they look at you. And so. If you have any, the slightest lack of confidence in that area, especially where you have to stand in front of people, you are permanently also somehow inward looking and aware of that. Yeah, thinking, how do I stand? How do I do this and this? And obviously when you have an avatar, very nicely, this nice avatar does it for you. So that is, that is pretty interesting. Yeah. So what you say is actually that it's really about seeing, it's believing, it's about experiencing. Do people generate a lot of emotions when they do it because that's obviously what then generates actions in terms of embracing it, using it, trying it out, promoting it even and all of that. Oh, that's a that's a great point. So I think in each session we've ever had, people were laughing and giggling a lot. <laughs> so I think there is like this, you have to give it a little bit of time where there's this novelty effect of the technology, right? Where it's like funny, you see yourself as an avatar, which by the way is super relevant later for your identification that you have sort of the possibility to customize it, right? That's like psychologically, that's a treasure trove of just interesting toys in there. 
But yes, so there is a lot of studies out there that because it's learning by doing, it's really applying a skill or, you know, just working. I mean, also working together, collaboration is a skill. By really applying a skill, learning by doing, we see a better retention of the content and a higher emotional engagement with the content, right? Which also leads to better understanding and retention of the content. And that's not just relevant for learning, where we're saying skill training, but in general. I can really create engaging, motivating, interactive scenarios where people can, for example, also experience the vision of the company, right? We could go 10 years into the future and we can have like this image of what it's supposed to be really 3D around us. And then I can, I'm so immersed, right? What virtual reality does is you don't see your real environment anymore. Right? It's the one where you're really fully in a digital space. So you really very quickly sort of are part of what's happening. And that's also what you feel. And then when you make it also interactive, people can really engage with the content you provided. They can see their role. They can go listen in. And you can really make it something that they enjoy. And we've seen in studies, people are more focused in virtual reality. They are more engaged. For example, there was a study, people had to apply the new values of the company in little scenarios rather than here is the six values of, it was an insurance company, here, that's the new ones they were introduced. And then you had to go through little scenarios where you had to apply them. And people remembered them 16 times better than people who didn't go through VR, who just got the list of the six uh, values, right? So it's really cool that you can, because we are so visual as humans, right? And a lot of our perception is visual and a lot of our emotions come from what we see. So we can definitely say, and there's a lot of studies on that because virtual reality also is not very new. It's very mature. But why is it cool now? It comes together in the metaverse with AI, with quantum computing, with all kinds of other cool technologies that really give it an exponential benefit to the users. They can add gamification to it, right? And then that's like where the real uh, stuff is then at, right? People want to get better and want to go deeper. And hey, maybe there's like a new job in there and I can explore. It's really funny how you can really trigger sort of the, the, the player learner that's in each and every one of us. And I think that's the real mindset coming back to the brain, right? It's this growth mindset is having positive emotions connected so that we feel inclined to sort of change our mind, right? Like me from, oh, VR is just for gaming to now we, as done in tears, we work in VR together. We have meetings in there. We wrote a business plan in virtual reality. Uh, we, we celebrated my birthday in virtual reality, like all these little things. So we really walk the talk. So we can also, you know, relate to what our clients are going through with their organizations. Mm -hmm. It's a very different way of storytelling, actually. It's a very lively way because we all know, and I think everybody who ever had a communications training knows that, yes, you need to tell stories so that people really embrace an idea that they can feel it, that you create some emotions, that you remember it very simply, always goes through storytelling. And here you have a heightened version of that because what we have known so far is obviously if you do a presentation, for example, and you just have a, a verbal message there in a certain way usually the spoken verbal message. And if there's a good storyteller, then yes, it's good to hear and you might be really impressed and remember that. But the emotions that will be created when visually 
you're completely immersed into it must be, like you say, so much higher. And like you say, 16 times more learning effect. That's really something very, very interesting. And I think when you speak about change as such, no matter what kind of change that we have, no matter actually, even in our private lives or every kind of change, yes. you know, usually we imagine something in our head. We have to, we have to build a picture that is always a little bit blurred and not very crisp and clear. And mm -hmm. nobody really takes the time to do a meditation session to really go into it and visualize that. Yes. Uh -huh. Nearly not. <laughs> well, sometimes people do something like that, but and it's helpful. But it's really interesting because you create it in a way that it's very easy for people. They put a headset on, it happens. And they're in it and they can act in it and they can change what's going on and they can really feel that. And I think for many change projects, even those which are not digital change projects, mm -hmm. but just to, to show people what, what do you want to achieve? Let's say there's a kind of complete reorganization to make mm -hmm. for the whole organization. I mean, it's horrible for people. There will be people lose their, losing their job, but are they getting a job instead? So there's a lot of movement around it, a lot of insecurity. And for those who stay, it's often not very tangible. Why, why do we really have to do that? We just did it two years ago. And at the end, I think experiencing it and feeling why we're doing that would make such a difference in change management. If I imagine that now, really, in a, in a very realistic way, if you have a leadership team, obviously you can put all of them in the environment and they can experience something. If you have a hundred employees, it's already a bigger story. If you have 10,000, wow, you know. So when you have that, a big organization who either really wants to shift to metaverse for certain topics or, or working with it, or you might have customers who just want to use it to, to draw the picture of the future so that people can experience something and to convince people about something else. How do you do that when you have a big number of people? That's an excellent question. When we come to, let's say, more internal use cases as a training or as a communication tool, then we've seen cases, for example, in the U.S., it's Walmart that has trained over a million people in how to stock the shelves. So you can really use it cohort-based. Not everybody has to have their individual headset. But we can use it as a training instrument, like when I give somebody an iPad, you know, and uh, this is how you learn a new checklist and you walk through the store and you do it five times. And then I don't know, I stop the time. How long do you need? And did you always check the right boxes and stuff? So I think it's really less complicated than you imagine. But then yet, of course, it's still an investment. Let's say the Quest 3 right now is about $600, 600 francs. And... And there has to be a little bit of software around it. But then if you train people four times faster and they retain the information X amount of times better, then you see in the end, it kind of totally makes sense. So what we see with our clients is really, we start with the leadership team on a one-on-one. -on -one. Everybody gets the headset, just like you assumed. Why? Because we are turning them into role models and advocates for the technology itself or for the vision, the product, the change, right? They have to role model it. They have to experience it. So they have the empathy to, you know, really relate to what people are going through. Say, hey, I was also afraid, you know, the first time it was really weird. And that's really like vulnerable leadership. And then also to give the right resources to the project. So that's a little bit of a trick <laughs> that always comes in handy. And then when we scale it down, we really sort of cohorts or communities of people where 
they would share, for example, in a learning program, they would share headsets, like maybe in a one to two relation, right? Two people share a headset for three months of training or something like this. So you can really scale it or you even say, hey, it's like a resource, like a room and you can book it. Okay. Performance review time is coming up. I'm feeling a little self-conscious. Maybe it's my first time as a leader having to have a performance review. First time managers will love this type of training because I can repeat it a million times. Nobody's watching me and I can also switch perspectives. So I can also be my employee giving bad feedback by a manager. So how does that feel when I give bad feedback to people, right? So we can also make it a bookable resource that then you can just go and pick up at any time and say, maybe, okay, now I invest one hour. I go through two, three modules, just, you know, brush up on those old feedback skill. So you can really, after this intro phase, have just a standing amount of, of headsets, just like we have laptops, we have screens, you know, at some point it becomes just one more of our digital infrastructure. Yeah. And what you mentioned before is also the role of leadership. And I think that's been my last point here, which is super important that they get it first, which is logical, obviously, but it creates this emotional connection. And that is exactly what is the most difficult thing in change yes. that those who have to tell it to their people, convince their teams, they need to be convinced themselves. And when they are not, they just repeat the messages because they're asked to do so. And this is really a very, very great and very clever way to bring people on board on an, on an emotional level so that they really feel excitement about that. And then obviously they become completely different change agents that then they are when they're just getting a set of uh, questions and, and, and answers and a set of PowerPoint, which they have then to cascade throughout the organization. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> really, really interesting. So for me also, I mean, I'm not into that. And I realized that there are so many opportunities in there, which I think most people have not fully on the horizon yet because we see it for, for whatever different reasons we can use it, but it's often seen as a threat. And I think it's amazing how it's turned into an opportunity once you experience it. And I think this is the key message here. You need to experience something, which is anyway true for any kind of a chain. Yeah. When you want to convince people, you need to give them some kind of experience to create emotions in a way. And with these tools, maybe there's completely different ways on how creativity comes into play, how ideas can be developed and shared. And you could even test, you know, ideas right away because in reality, you can't. Somebody brings up an idea and the others say, oh, no, no, possible, too complicated. How will that be? And then the idea is off the table where it maybe this was a fantastic idea. There you can test it right away. It's really amazing. So yeah, I also grasp a little bit more <laughs> the dimension of change that is coming into the workplace with this tool. And I, I thank you very much, Isabel, for sharing these insights. It was my pleasure, Ulrike, anytime. And I really want to encourage people to try it out, not just, you know, for the sake of the technology itself, which is cool, obviously but also then to think about how they could use it in their change, you know? doesn't have to be a technological change. It can be any type that we were mentioning before and just really see it as an opportunity to convince people to make them feel safe and all of that. So really, this is a paradigm shift. We are visual people. We love spatiality. Our brain makes memories in a spatial way. So really explore this opportunity. I'm giving some online trainings this week 
And I just thought, how great would it be? <laughs> I already regret that I can't do it face to face because people are from all over the world. And I know that in a room, it's so different, exactly the same training than doing it online. And it's a great outlook, actually, for, for any kind of interaction between human beings. And so, yeah, thanks for these insights. And thank you to our audience for tuning into Leading Change Conversations today. So if you want to improve your own skills on leading change or communicating more effectively, check out my courses for individuals on my website. There are a bunch of useful online live classes, very crispy 90-minute sessions around overcoming procrastination, communicating with impact, surmounting change resistance, or influencing through presence. And until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and making a difference.